from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Since the moment Super Bowl 54 ended, speed has been the focus for the entire NFL in trying to chase the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I am Ryan Tracy, your founder over at Rogue Analytics, as well as your host at RGR Football. And today I want to talk about the key thing, the thing that you can't coach, you can't hope for, you can't persuade out of a player with motivation. It is speed, and it has been the singular thing that has really focused what I think are teams that are within striking distance of the Kansas City Chiefs over this particular offseason. The wide receiver class in this last draft was one of the best we've seen in close to a decade. This upcoming one is going to be very good from everything that I've seen to this point as well, so keep that in mind. But how are they going to help attack the Chiefs? It's very simple. And you can take it back to the AFC West because that's exactly who's gunning for them the most in that they have given up on the idea of being able to stop Patrick Mahomes. And now they're focused on trying to attack the Chiefs defense with overwhelming force, not only in how much weapons they have, but exactly how much speed they have in those weapons. Look no farther than what has happened in the AFC West. The Oakland Raiders adding Henry Ruggs, adding an underneath receiver in KJ. Same thing in Denver. Honestly, so close, it's kind of scary. With Jerry Judy going to Denver, Hamler going to Denver, another KJ that can run underneath routes, can take advantage of linebackers. So you have the smaller guys, They're going to do drags that are going to attack with the little pivot routes. And I think that's going to be a much bigger thing in the league this year, by the way, because of what we saw the San Francisco 49ers be able to do, not only with their fullback, but with their tight ends, running those pivots with misdirection and the ability to plant your foot and change direction, which is the key metric in what we call short area quickness at Rogue Analytics and what's in our draft guide. That is very much translated directly to the field, and that's what the AFC West is looking at. Teams like the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders are specifically trying to attack the outside corners with the bigger receivers. Uh, The Williams in L.A., uh, the Suttons, they are very much formidable in terms of a a physical stature, but it's in the slots where I think Jerry Judy's going to run his routes out, where I think Henry Ruggs is going to run his routes out of, as well as the KJs are both going to slip uh, into a couple of spots in there. And let's not forget Renfro out in Vegas. They are all attacking with speed. Uh, Speed either out of your cuts or speed down the field. And I think that while Judy's more of a route runner, in my opinion, I don't feel like he had superior breakaway speed. John Gruden in specifically has rugs on that roster to become his Tyreek Hill, to be something that the Chiefs have to combat not only scheme-wise, but physically in having someone with the ability to run with him. And there are very few options on this Chiefs team. The two options that they have come down to the two guys that are on RGR football right now in Tyron Matthew and Traverius Ward. That's not necessarily enough, especially when you're talking about the leaving point for these receivers to be inside on the slot. This is something that's going to have to be addressed as we go through training camp. And the answers will have to be found, most likely in draft picks we haven't seen on the field yet. But also there's a couple of UDFAs that could make a mark too. And what we're going to look at when we come back is the UDF section of this particular roster. Who has a chance to surprise us? 
and make the Chiefs roster in 2020. Chainsaws have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see the parts that are available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Now, an interesting portion of what the 2020 Chiefs are going to become is the UDFA group. And there's been a lot of talk about it. And, and speed in general, like we talked in the, in the opening segment, is crucial, particularly on defense, but on offense as well. And so I'm going to leave out a couple of guys um, because I don't want to talk about the draft picks in particular. Um, it's not just rookies. I want to talk about the UDFAs, the guys with the longest shots. Uh, so Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm not going to talk about here. Yes, a lot of people are projecting him to become the starter over Damian Williams. I don't see that right away especially uh, when we're talking about speed. Damian actually has the speed edge there, so we're going to leave that be. But I want to take a look at a few guys and very, very few slots, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, are going to be open for any kind of UDFA guy who isn't a high draft pick to try to make some noise and get himself onto the roster. But a couple that stand out. And... There's, we're going to double dip at one of these positions, but I want to start with Kalijah Lipscomb, a Vandy wide receiver that I really like the way he runs routes, the way that he attacks the DB. He is a guy that I actually had a draftable grade on. Uh, I think I had him as a sixth. He obviously didn't go, but signed with the Chiefs, chose to sign with the Chiefs, and he said a couple of weeks ago that... Uh, there were a number of factors in that, but he wanted to go to a winner, wanted to go somewhere that would push him to become better. And I think that that's definitely where he's at. Now, when you look at the Chiefs' depth chart at the wide receiver position, it's <laughs> it's pretty packed. Yes, we all know that Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and McCole Hardman are the top of the list. Then it gets a bit confusing. Demarcus Robinson is going to be the fourth. They brought him back for a specific reason. The guy that I think is next in line to be the five this year, he's played some special teams, and he's shown up, and I think played admirably when given a chance, is Byron Pringle. Right now, I am leaning towards when I do my 53-man prediction, he is going to be the fifth. And I do think that they're going to keep six receivers. So he is a, a bit of a step ahead. Now, that leaves a little bit of room for two guys to fight for a spot on the 53. and particularly if the NFL decides, as it's rumored to be discussion, of expanding the practice squad to 16, even possibly 20 practice squad players. I do believe that there are going to be a number of receivers on there. Now gone are some of the guys that we've looked at before. There's a lot of new names at the wide receiver position. A lot of kick return responsibilities being looked at there. And that's something uh, Clyde Lipscomb could actually bring to the table as well. There are some others that I think are longer shots. Cody White is one of them. The Chiefs 
site themselves just profiled him a little bit ago. Check that out if you want to take a look at where a, a bit of a longer shot is. So when you're talking about that sixth position on the wide receiver depth chart, Garrett Dieter's the guy that looks to be right in the forefront, looks to be comfortably in that spot, a guy that works out with Mahomes, is tight with him, they're good buds. That doesn't necessarily earn you a spot on the roster, though. And all kidding aside, yes, there is some kind of effect, but I don't think that that's going to keep you there. We've seen him go back and forth on the roster in the past. So I think it's definitely open for Lipscomb, who I think is a bit of a better route runner. And though he may not be a huge special teams ace, uh, I don't think Garrett Dieter is either. So I think that's somebody he's got to be looking out for. And there is a second one. I want to go back a year because a guy that came in and you heard us talk to him on this show last season, and I'm really excited for where he's going to be a year removed. A year removed, going back to the wide receiver spot, learning that he can play inside, he can attach in a pinch, he can run out of the slot. I'm really excited to see where Jody Fortson is at this point in the Chiefs system. Now, yes, of all UDFAs that you'd hope might have a shot at making the roster, being a guy whose second year is completely wiped out, no OTAs, no mini camps, none of those opportunities, it is a long shot. It's a tough one. And if that sets him back an extra year, I don't think anybody could blame him. I do think that that will happen. And blame aside, I think that there's an outside chance. He's going to be one of the guys pushing for that sixth spot, pushing Garrick Dieter. And I have a feeling in the end that he and Clodge Liskin are the two guys that have an outside shot to make that sixth spot and make this roster. I think that it could happen uh, as the 53-man cut down for the opening game of the season. But if not then, it could definitely come along later in the year when there's a little bit of attrition, there's bound to be somebody get banged up at the position group where they want to bring somebody else on. So those are the two UDFAs that I think you should watch and pay particular attention to as they get ready to try and make that cut down. Now, the other thing is there's so many specifics in specialty positions, in obviously the specialists themselves, uh, in Winchester and those guys, it's hard to break in here. I don't, there's no... There's no real question about the starting lineup other than what's uh, the rookie Niang going to do versus Wiley and Allegretti. That's going to be, I think, the big thing. I think Mike Grammers is a backup. I think that's what he's here for. So when you look at the offensive line, I think there are some opportunities to push on to, especially if the Chiefs decided to keep 10 this year. I think that's a stretch, but they've surprised us before. The two names there I'm going to give you are Yasser Durant, who I think a lot of folks know from Mizzou, and I think has a bit of a ways to go developmentally but certainly is a guy that possesses the traits that the Chiefs like. And I think that, uh, as we talked earlier in the offseason, the, the philosophy of teaching everybody to snap, teaching everybody to play all five positions, it really is a fist that they're trying to make with all five together. So that goes to say that I think the guy who's got the best shot of all the UDFAs on offense of actually making the 53 is Daryl Williams, the new Daryl Williams with a Y, <laughs> that plays center and guard. And I think that not only are, is that the position of weakness on the offense, but he's also a guy that has, A, the versatility that they love. B, has a nasty streak that I saw on film before the draft. Really like that. And I feel like he's a better athlete in certain ways in terms of maintaining leverage, maintaining a, a bit of an anchor to not allow people to get in Patrick Mahomes' face. I think that's a, a property that 
they really need to invest in. I see him being an interior backup guy on the 53 this coming year. So there are options there. Not a lot on the offensive side. When we get back, we're going to take a look at the defense and who those UDFAs are and who actually has a shot. Now, when we flip the ball over, yes, there are question marks here and there, mostly uh, at depth, but there are a number uh, of draft picks that went into that. That makes things a little bit harder. Yes, Willie Gay is going to play a lot. We've spoken about him. Yes, Jerry Sneed is going to play a lot. We've spoken about him as well. I I think you have to assume that despite the shortage at cornerback, that Bo P. Keys is going to be on this roster unless somebody pushes him out of the way. Uh, and right now, when you look at it, the the depth at corner is a little bit suspect. You have Ward, Fenton, Breland for however long you're going to have him, and that may actually facilitate some back and forth at the cornerback position this year, uh, bringing guys up and down from the practice squad because of the status of Bashad Breland. I would not put that past them, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that as it goes through. But to start the season, certainly, uh, he'll he'll be on the suspended list, as I understand it, because of uh, an altercation. I'm sorry, not the altercation, because of the drug test. So you, you have a little bit more room to play here, and that's why I think this is a prime spot for a UDFA to make this roster. There's not a ton at other positions. There's a couple of linebackers, but quite frankly, when you have the depth of a Neiman, of a Dorian O'Daniel, as well as the starters, and figuring that Willie Gay Jr. is going to be there right in the top, there's an outside chance that the sixth linebacker could come from that rank. Uh, I think they're still going to list Darius Harris as one of them, and right now that's the way I'm leaning. So nothing against Amari Cobb or Brian Wright. Those guys are a bit of a longer shot. I think the guys that really have an option to make this roster as a UDFA on defense are going to be in the secondary. And it comes down to two of them, really. The guy that I think had the best reputation uh, in terms of production was Lavert Hill out of Michigan, a guy who got his hands on a number of passes, uh, a lot of PBUs, a good number of interceptions as well, has a bit of length, not overly long, but he fits into the mold that you can see uh, Bopi Keys fitting into and certainly Jerry's Sneed. So the theme kind of runs through there. And if you're talking about only having Fenton and Ward, that is your starting pair. You need a third. I think that's easily going to be Snead. After that, I think Bo Pete, as the, the guy that fits the mold and is a draft pick, is certainly going to be there. I can't say that of Alex Brown, who was on the roster last year. Uh, there are a number of guys that I can't be sure of, and it depends how they line them up, where they line them up, but the two that I like, Levert Hill, certainly because of he, him fitting the mold and there being an opportunity. And, and then there's the long shot. And that's because Javaris Davis has a long way to go. And I don't want to stereotype guys that are of a certain height, but it, it's hard to see him playing outside in this Chiefs defense. Now, if any defense is going to let shorter players try to man up on the outside, it's probably the Chiefs because of what how they've seen the usage of Tyron Matthew be kind of all over the place. But Tyron Matthew is a unique athlete. I don't think that you can equate the fact that he is one of the shortest DBs in the league and is still very successful. I don't think you can say that about anybody walking into that position. And that's going to make things a little bit harder for Javaris Davis, but I like how nasty he plays. On film, he's got a great attitude. He's got a great attack in going after the pass catcher. And that is something that we've seen the Chiefs really covet lately. 
Um, Rashad Fenton was like that. Even back in the day, you can see some guys that were chosen specifically for how they went about playing their game, not necessarily the fact that they had good speed as well. Although I think what we're seeing now is the athleticism that we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs prioritize in the front seven in years past is starting to catch up with the secondary. Juan Thornhill was a top in his class in the athletic matrix. LeJerry Sneed is top in his class in the athletic matrix. Willie Gay Jr. is top in his class in the athletic matrix. That's what it comes down to. Javarius Davis is very good, but he's not at the top. And it comes down to can he overcome that with his attitude, with his play style, much like we saw Fenton do last year. Strong at the point of attack, good with his hands, good in the press. And I think that's what I want to see the defense drift towards with some interesting coverage in in the back with the safeties. But I want to see the ability to get your hands and disrupt routes in this defense from the get-go in 2020. And here's the wild card. Now, he's been in the league for quite a bit. He was originally undrafted, and that's why I'm throwing him in here because he's also going to complicate the situation for both Hill and Davis. And that is Antonio Hamilton. They brought him here for a reason. He is an a special teams player. He will be a core guy on all four special teams. And they have gone out of their way this offseason to kind of talk him up about getting time on defense. So it comes down to a guy that hasn't played defense much in the league in four seasons and hasn't played well when he has played versus a lot of young guys that are hungry. Uh, and, and I'll throw Bopi Keys in there. Even though he is a draft pick, he will be hungry. And he's, he's going to be fighting to get playing time, although I think he is safe for this roster. We will see. that We've seen some draft picks fall on their faces, Kavari Russell. <laughs> uh, we cannot just put out of our mind that he'll definitely make it, but that that's my inkling right now. But the question is going to be, does Antonio Hamilton and his value on special teams for Dave Tobe override what kind of upside we see, or that specifically the Chiefs see, from Javaris Davis and Lavert Hill? I'm banking on one of those two undrafted rookies making this roster at the cornerback position, whether that means they have to play special teams primarily or not, we're going to have to see. But those are the guys that stand out to me as we look right now, late June, looking at six weeks from the scheduled training camp. We're not sure that's going to happen. And we're going to continue to have updates on what we hear about what this is going to look like. Certainly, the fact that baseball is going back to the field is going to give the NFL something to tag themselves behind, something to really monitor and see how that works. I'm not sold that it's going to be smooth sailing. We're going to have to see how that goes. But all of that, if should it be delayed, buys these guys time to learn the system a little bit more. So that may end up being, from a mental standpoint, an advantage for all these UDFAs that are trying to make the roster. Nothing's going to replace getting speed on the field with actual NFL players. And they haven't been able to do that yet. Uh, not just practice time either. Those preseason games are going to be key for these undrafted rookies. But it is about being able to learn the concepts. And you see that there is a, an awful slowing down for a lot of rookies in the second half of their rookie season where things start to click. It's not as big a leap as we see in that off season from rookie to your second year and then from second to third year. Those off seasons are very key. But you do see a natural comfort level come in, in in the second half of a rookie year with how they make the adjustments, how they make the calls, and what their responsibilities are. 
anything that they can do to do more mental reps, to understand the defense better, if training camp is delayed at all, will definitely help these guys. These guys in particular that are UDFAs fighting for a job. But nothing will replace that speed on the field. It remains to be seen how this season is going to go. But once they get on the field, we're going to have a better idea. That's where they stand today. And those are the guys to keep an eye on for this training camp when it gets started. So I hope you guys like that one. Let me know what you think. Is there anybody you have your eye on? You can just drop that in the iTunes reviews. We appreciate those that you've been reviewing us. Keep that coming. We love those five stars, and it really does help us get found on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for that. I have more coming for you on RGR Football. We'll be back with you tomorrow with a special interview that we're doing. I hope you guys have a great night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.